Let's open our Bibles to Matthew 24. I've entitled um, the morning's message, Looking Back and Looking Ahead. Every year on the first Sunday of a new year, we look back at the last year, and then we look ahead and see what's on the horizon for the coming year, and we look at it from a biblical perspective. And so this morning, we're between 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. Uh, We'll take the first Sunday of the year. And as we look back at 2021, well, what can you say? Are there any words? I've I've had people try to put into one word 2021. Well, what can you say except we have never seen anything like it, and I'll use the word ever. We have never seen anything like what we saw in 2021, ever. I mean, for all time, unless you're around during the flood, which I don't think anybody was. Affecting the entire world, a global pandemic, that affected the entire world, and we will only be able to touch on that aspect of the study this morning because we have other biblical events unfolding as I speak that Jesus foretold of during this time that we're living in right now as we look ahead. Uh, We'll begin this morning by looking at the answer to the disciples' question in Matthew 24. Let's look at the first three verses. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings, plural, of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, okay, so we're leaving the temple. For those of you who have been to Israel, Um, you would go east and you would go down a little bit to the Kidron Brook and then you would go up the Mount of Olives. And so picture in your mind's eye leaving the temple, going down that little ravine and then where they would often stay would be on the Mount of Olives. A very short walk indeed. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign, singular, of your coming and of the end of the age? Um, Actually two questions right here, and I wanna stop right here. If you're taking notes, you wanna maybe mark down, uh, let's see, Mark 13 verse three, and it tells us that it was only Um, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. So if you want to double check that later, look at it now, you're welcome to, but it wasn't all the disciples. Here it would imply it was, but when you read Mark's account, it says no, there were only four, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. So as we look at um, these uh, verses here, Um, We'll make our way down to um, the question in verse three. 
tell us when will these things be, in the disciples' mind, um, the answer that Jesus gives them, they did not understand what he was talking about. I'll explain that in a second. They were looking and concerned about the temple and the buildings in the temple. That's what their mindset is. Well, when will these things be? And Jesus answers a question, but there's no way that they're going to be able to understand the answer because it's singular here. When will these things be? They're thinking, when is uh, the temple going to be destroyed? And that kind of stuff. And the temple was destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans. But that's not what Jesus' answer is. And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? They were putting these two things together. The destruction of the temple and the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. At the very, very end. So to answer the first singular question here, I'd like you to look at verse 32 to 35. And just a quick way of overview from verses, we're only going to do the first eight verses in detail. Verse, beginning with verse eight, um, he takes them into the tribulation period. And they really have no idea what that, that is. The reason we know it's the um, tribulation yet future is in verse 15, Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place and then in parentheses, whoever reads, let him understand. Now why would he say that? Because they would not have understood what the abomination of desolation is. Um, For those of you hearing it for the first time, I'll get to it a little bit later in the study. But it's an event that takes place in the middle of the seven-year tribulation period where the Antichrist goes into the temple and uh, declares himself to be God. That's Revelation 13. It's also, if you're taking notes, it's also mentioned in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that that's what the Antichrist does. He goes himself, he goes into the temple, and he shows himself and declares himself to be God. So when he's having this discussion with them, he tells them, in verse 21, for then there will be great tribulation, not since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. That's quite a statement. So that's what we're seeing happening right now. We're seeing a lot of the foreshadowing that the rapture of the church, my friends, I believe is so close because of the events unfolding right before our eyes. And it's also not necessarily in a chronological order, Matthew 24. Don't let that throw you off. The book of Revelation is not in a chronological order. Uh, 17 and 18 obviously is after chapter 16. And yet 17 and 18 are events that happened in the previous chapters. It's also so in the book of Daniel. It's not written in a chronological order. In Matthew 24, if you look at verse 27, it's clearly a reference to the second coming. Every eye will see him. So it can't be the rapture because we go up to meet him in the rapture. And we, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later, but I want you to turn to the parable of the fig tree in verse 32. Remember their question was, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And I want 
point out again, it doesn't have an S on the end of, it's singular. What is the sign? Is there, is there a sign that tells us that we're living in the last days? And the answer to that question is absolutely. And we find it in the parable of the fig tree. I'll read it beginning in, uh, beginning in verse 32. Now I'll learn this parable from the fig tree, emblematic of the nation of Israel. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the very door, I would underline. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things are fulfilled. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The parable is saying when it's springtime, you know, the leaves bud. When they start budding, we go, well, after the buds come the leaves. And so we're in spring, and we know that summer's, summer's on its way. And he's comparing this to the nation of Israel. Again, the disciples would not have been able to comprehend what he was talking about at this time. Now, um, Pastor Chuck made a video in 1973 called The Parable of the Fig Tree. I actually went online and see if I could still find it, and sure enough, you can. If you want to watch it, all you have to do is Google, go to YouTube, um, type in Parable of the Fig Tree, Pastor Chuck Smith, and you'll see a picture of Chuck, and you can watch it if you want to. In a nutshell, what... Um, the video is about is Chuck explains in detail um, Israel was destroyed in 70 AD Um, nothing in the land it deteriorated no trees nothing but stones until the early 1900s some Jews began to trickle back in started kibbutzes communal sort of lifestyle, different kinds. You could have uh, a dairy kibbutz. You could have a um, um, kibbutz that just grows food. I'll be talking about a kibbutz that just grows flowers somewhere in our study this morning. And basically, when they began to return, Israel was nothing more than a swamp. And where there wasn't swamp, there was only stones, no trees, Mark Twain traveled there in the 1800s. His comment on visiting Israel, why would anybody want to go to Israel? All you see are goats eating stones. (laughs) That was his comments. He was not impressed to say the least. Well, the parable of the fig tree and its budding is Chuck explains Israel is a fig tree and when it blooms and brings forth its fruit. Um, Israel has gone from being a swamp, no trees. Um, For years we would um, hand out, plant a tree in Israel. This is 30 years ago or so. And we've done that for for quite a while. The reforesting of Israel. And um, Israel today is so beautiful that um, 
Uh, they're known for growing um, roses and tulips. They actually send tulips to Holland in the wintertime because Holland can't grow them, but Israel can. There's that kibbutz we like to visit that grows nothing but roses. And we take, um, when we go there, every girl gets a dozen red roses for absolutely free, just for visiting the kibbutz. That's how prosperous. Um, does it make you want to go to Israel? <laughs> um, this has actually been foretold as a prophecy, and I'd like you to see the prophecy from the Old Testament that is explaining what Chuck is talking about here, that when this event happens, and as we look back, the sign is this, the rebirth of the nation of Israel. That is the sign. When it's talking about singular, the sign, well, the sign is um, after almost 2,000 years, 70 AD till uh, May 14th, 1948. And one day, that's also a prophecy, Israel became a nation, but it was desolate. Go to the book of Ezekiel chapter 36, and I'm just going to read two verses. 35 and 36 and 37 and 38 and 39 and from 40 to the end is in a chronological order. What we have in 35 and 36 and 37 is a desolate land all of a sudden becoming beautiful. And um, let's pick it up, chapter 36, verse 34. The desolate land shall be tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by. So they will say that the land was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden And the waste, desolate, and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations which are left all around you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. So when this was prophesied, it was still something that God was going to do. Chapter 37, I'm not going to get into it except just to see what it's about. It's two um, sort of parables, one vision of dry bones and the sign of the two sticks, both relating to one thing. So 36 is about the land being restored. 37 is the people returning to the land and uh, inhabiting the land. And um, he refers to them as dry bones, and that's what Israel was. They were scattered all over the place. And they were dead. And um, the parable is about these bones coming back to life. And God breathing on them. It's a picture of Israel being rebirthed. And people actually inhabiting it once again. And we have, if you want to read that on, on your own. Um, that's what 36 and 37 are about. Now 38... I believe is probably, very possibly, the next event that's going to happen, biblically. And we'll look at it this morning. But again, I want to point out the chronology here. The land rebirthed. 
desolate. Now it looks like the Garden of Eden. For those of you who have been there, you know what I'm talking about. And then 38 is um, a whole study within itself. The primary players are Russia, Iran, um, Turkey, Togarma, and these are the, the main players and the one fortifying them and supplying the arms for the attack on Israel is supplied by um, Vladimir Putin. I'll just come right out and say it. And uh, that war is on the horizon. We are living, I like to say, between chapters 37 and 38. And 38 is about to unfold. 39 is basically a cleanup of the war in chapter 38. And then when you get to chapter 40, to the end, to 48, it's all about the millennial. Uh, Great detail, dimensions of the size of the temple. And so that's all in the chronology. Um, Let's make our way back to Matthew 24. And our point and the answer to the question, as we get closer, we will see the events heading up to his coming. The parable of the fig tree. Again, I'd encourage you to look it up for yourself, but basically it's saying everything's going to be fulfilled when Israel comes back and the generation that sees it will see the fulfillment of all Bible prophecy. Uh, We won't see the fulfillment of all Bible prophecy because I believe we get taken out before the seven-year tribulation period, which is talked about much in Matthew 24, a time Jesus called it that, the great tribulation, time that never was, never will be again. That's how bad it's going to be. Um, so as we look back, this, uh, going back to the title of the message, the biggest sign, singular, is the regathering of Israel. Uh, the last I heard, they had 8 million, so I did a little research on it. Population today is 9.5 million people now live in Israel. Now as we get closer Uh, We will see the events leading up to his coming, but what I want to point out here in verse 33 of the parable is when this happens, the Lord is saying, it's at the door. Now when somebody knocks at the door, what does that mean? (laughs) They're there, and they're ready to open the door and come in. That's how close we are right now. It's been 73 years. I I can't tell you how long a generation is. I know the Bible says that man's life is um, three score and 10, that's 70. Well, now it's closer to 80, and you know, if you take your Garden of Life vitamins and stuff like that, you might make it to 85 or so, and <laughs> what a commercial for those guys, huh? And um, um, the children of Israel were in the land of Egypt, it says, for four generations. They were there for 400 years. So what is a generation? Is it 40 years? No. Is it um, 70 years? Well, we're past that, but we're still here. And uh, we're watching things unfold. And the Lord says when they begin to happen, 
It's gonna be like a woman who's about to give birth. He calls them birth pangs. And when contractions start, when a woman has a child, what happens? They're more intense and they happen more often and closely. I believe, looking back, 2021 is the beginning of sorrows. And um, we've never seen anything like it. And we're never gonna go back. It's never gonna be the same. So we should have no illusions about that. And I think the rest of the study will pretty much, um, um, pretty much settle that. Now, at the door. Now let's go back to where we have plural signs. If it's as late as I think it is, we should be seeing the signs. And the signs, I believe, if you look at verse four and five, let's begin here. Because Jesus now goes into detail of what to look for when this generation comes. He says, take heed that no one deceive you, for many will come in my name saying I am Christ and will deceive many. Well, there's deception all over the place. You can't believe anything that's on the news. It's all a lie. They're flat out lying to you. Our government, flat out lies. I'm primarily talking about all Democrats. Sorry if you're a Democrat this morning, if that offends you. No, I won't apologize. (laughs) And the Republicans that are half Republicans. And you you know what I'm talking about, and you you might have your own personal convictions on that. That's fine, you can have them. You're wrong, but you can have them. (laughs) So we have deception in the church, no longer preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, no longer talking about heaven, no longer talking about hell. It's all make me feel good, motivational speaking, going to major leadership conferences where the main speakers aren't even born again Christians. They're leaders of companies, of CEOs, and has nothing to do with being a biblical Christian. They've left off. What does the Bible Hint about this being a sign? Oh yeah, it says in the last days there will be a falling away there. Apostasia. A falling away from what? The authority and the inerrancy of the book that you hold in your, in your lap this morning. And a, a falling away from the church in general. Um, sending your kids to school today. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry, especially if you're a school teacher, the pressure that you must be under. But I don't know how parents can send their kids to the public school today, much less college. And um, that's the dilemma uh, that we're facing. And a word of encouragement to you that are homeschoolers. So deception in the church, deception in the government, on NBC, on CNN, on CNBC, uh, news. Deception, they're outright lies. And um, some of the stuff that they're doing, uh, if I forget to make mention of this later, um, I'd like you to do a little research and take a little note here on the new COVID test kits that you can go and pick up. And I want you to read the ingredients that are in there, especially sodium 
A-Z-I-D-E. And um, I do not have the time this morning to tell you just exactly what that is and just how deadly and dangerous it is. It's on the box itself, printed in there. Now you read what it is. So that's something that I do not have time to get into, but I do want to allude to it. All right, so deception in the church, in the government, in the media, it's all there. Number two, in verse six, it says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Well, let's see, rumors of war. Let's see. Oh, something I've been talking about for the last two months. And that is the Russia and Yugoslavia, um, both on each other's borders. And um, even though I've been talking about it and the news hasn't been broadcasting it, it's out of the box. So guess what? They're showing it on TV. They're actually showing the thousands and thousands of Russian tanks in, in, in uh, Croatia, uh, the southern part of Yugoslavia, and they're locked and loaded. All the troops are on the border. And if they're putting it on in the news, they can't conceal this stuff forever because there's a major war that's about to break out. And they're reporting it on the local news. Yeah, Channel 2 was talking about it. Blew my mind that they actually would come out and admit that it's that serious that it looks like a war between um, uh, Russia and Yugoslavia. China wants Taiwan. And um, they're threatening to take it. The United States just made a pact with Japan that if they do, they're going to get involved. Be a Brian and do your own research on that. That sounds like a rumor to me. And uh, everybody knows that China wants Taiwan and they're just waiting for the time. Here's just my personal conviction on this. I think all this is going to break out at the same time. And um, it'll cause such confusion of where do we go? (laughs) What do we do? Who do we help? Who don't we help? And then we have, this happened just this last week, Israel, just this last week, bombed the seaport in Syria at Lakadii. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, They took out cargo container ships from Iran that were, uh, according to the reports, uh, housing military equipment for Hezbollah. And um, they did it twice in in the same month. Now, here's what's strange about this. When Israel bombed the seaport, it's only 10 miles away from where Russia's major presence is in Syria. There's boots and armament in Russia, from Russia, in the Middle East right now, protecting, supposedly trying to protect Assad and and Syria and so forth. They have another agenda. Um, the reason for coming down, we're told in Ezekiel 38, is to take a spoil. Hmm, sounds like oil, doesn't it? Largest natural gas find in recent history, just within the last couple of years. Leviathan, thank you. Um, 
seven trillion cubic meters of natural gas. And um, Russia, um, flexing its muscle, I heard this week, turned off the natural gas to Europe. Only 5% of it is flowing. And the reason they're doing that is we're telling them that we want to bring Finland, and is it Norway, into NATO. And that really ticked off Putin. And he says, if you start doing stuff like that, this is what we're gonna do. So the, the main industry that Russia has is gas and, and oil. And it supplies Europe. And now they turn, turn it off. It says, go ahead, make my day. No NATO stuff with uh, Finland. And uh, we, we want to get that much closer because we would be five minutes away if it came to a war with Russia um, there. So uh, this is all under the category of wars and rumors of wars. All right, we have Israel and Iran. Israel has sworn to drive, uh, Iran has sworn to drive Israel into the sea. This week, um, last week I should say, Israel has bombed nuclear enrichment factories in and around Iran. And um, we're basically, it sounds like we're picking a fight. I believe we are at war already with China. And I'm going to go into that. No, not missiles and, and bullets and, um, and um, military armament. No, I'm talking biological and chemical. We're at war. We're in World War III right now, whether you know it or not. And um, um, I have, let's say, proof this morning. Not my speculation. I'm going to read some things to you that have... Um, come out, but I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here. So we have under the category in verse six, wars and rumors of wars. Uh, See that you're not troubled for, that's not the end when these wars break out. All right, let's go to verse seven. Wars and rumors of wars. Well, either, either, either see that or you don't, okay? Verse seven, and nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines. Well, I did a little research, and I just wanted to know. Um, the United Nations U.S. News article um, is called Famine Knocking at the Door of 41 Million People Worldwide. Um, and that comes from United Nations news article. So that's just dealing with famines. Might I add to that? When you go to some larger cities, some here, and uh, you see whole aisles with nothing on them. Not there. Uh, Trucking industry, big time trouble. Can't get people to work. And a lot of places you go there, and you know, you, everybody's stocked up on at least toilet paper. <laughs> and maybe many other things we call it prepping. And what are they doing? They're preparing for something. 
And I'm predicting, um, well, what happened in the Great Depression, if we're still around. Possible food lines, possible shortages. And so, verse 7, after famines, uh, we have pestilences. Oh my goodness, Here's, here's the big one. The worldwide COVID-19 pandemic. First of all, COVID-19 by itself, if you would get it, with no underlying health issues, you have a 99.8% chance of living if you get COVID. Yes, you will get sick. Some people get very sick. But if they don't kill you in the hospital... Okay, let me, let me bring this up at this point. I'm just going to mention it a little bit later, a program that aired on Stand Up For The Truth this last week. And uh, I'll tell you the person's name in his story. It's a must hear. Uh, it's it's sur- so surreal that you would think that these things could actually be happening. But I'm, again, I'm getting ahead of myself. But that's the bottom line. We're talking... The flu here, uh, a bad strain of it, but I'm going to explain a little bit more of how that came to be. It's not the virus, it's the vaccine. The reason people are dying is not because of COVID 19, they're dying because of what is in the vaccine. And what do you hear every night on the news? that it's worse today than it was yesterday. And you're gonna need another booster, and after that, you'll probably have to get another one. And after that, you'll probably have to get another one. And um, I say that categorically. Um, When I got my physical, um, the nurse that was uh, taking my blood pressure and all that kind of stuff said, did you get shot? I said, nope. She says, well, why not? And I told her. And um, uh, her, her response was, um, um, you know, how do you dare not take, take the, the, the vaccine? And I said, I got a question for you. And she said, well, what? I said, how come there was no flu season this year? I mean, you're, 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 in, the medic- you're in the medical field. Would you agree with me that there was no flu season this year? And she said, yes, I agree with you. And I said, well, why do you suppose that is? You know what she told me? Because everybody was wearing a mask. (laughs) That's what she told me. And I sort of rolled my eyes at her. I know, come on, where does common sense kick in here? And, and, um, And literally how gullible people can be. All right, so we have, to better explain the vaccine, the jab, I need to quote two sources of what is really happening. And I want to give credit where credit is due. And that is um, um, J.D. Farag is a Calvary Chapel pastor in Hawaii. Every Sunday, I would encourage you to check him out. He has his own app that you can get if you have Roku. And what... J.D. does is he has two services. One is just prophetic on prophecy. And then he has a verse-by-verse study that they do, second service. 
and they eat food in between. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Okay, well, last week, I strongly encourage you to watch this. All you have to do is type in jdfarag.org, and you can watch it. I not only rewatched it, but I was totally blown away by an email that he got that I'm going to take a little sidetrack here this morning, but I think you'll be glad I did. Uh, he read an email, and um, it was from... Um, a believer who lives in the Silicon Valley, who watches um, JD on a regular basis, live stream, who for 20 years worked in the Silicon Valley at a company called Alien Technologies, AI. Can you believe that? Name of the company in Silicon Valley? Well, he and one of his friends started their own company in 2008, they were contacted by the Department of Homeland Security. And I'm going to put something up on the screen right now. And I'm going to go through uh, uh, when it comes up. Of course, we, uh, JD does not reveal this person's name for his own safety. But you can see up there Homeland Security. And um, they were asked if they would become involved with this ongoing 10-step program. And uh, what we have in our next slide here, I don't know if you'll be able to read them, but I'm going to take a little time and go through them all. Here they are. And um, so imagine having the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, not FEMA, um, and he tells a story that these guys really even weren't from there. See, there, there are powers behind our government. And that's the case here with the Department of Homeland Security. And basically, the Department of Homeland Security topics, um, I'm just going to read them and, and uh, go through them real quickly. Automated artificial intelligence rapidly deployable countermeasures at protected perimeters and structures, non-evasive and real-time detection of counterfeit microelectronics, broadband push-to-talk interportability platform, where I'm going with all of this because none of us are really getting it, is JD is going to give commentary and saying this is what this really means. They're just using the big, the big words. A step toward agent um, agnostic detection of biological hazard, streamline airport checkpoint screening for limited mobility passengers, uh, mass fatality tracking system, next generation semiconductor based spectroscopic personal radiation detectors. Uh, Field forward diagnostics for select agent like toxins, wearable detectors for aerosized chemical threats, from port to side and pen side, low cost detection diagnostics for high consequences, transboundary or national responsible animal diseases, particularly those in zoonic 
prosperity. All right, let's go through these. And um, what we have is, okay, here, what I'm going to quote, and I want to give credit where credit is due. I actually sat down and painstakingly wrote down every word that J.D. gave as what they're really saying so that we could understand it. So this is his commentary on it. This first one here, he says it sounds um, a lot like population surveillance and control. That's as simply as he put it. Now we can understand that. Number two, it sounds like quarantine concentration camps to me. And whether you know it or not, we have them all over our country right now. Verification, number three, verification of vaccination and an ID in the body. Number four, being able to interrupt and extract programming, buffering, and he stops at this point, and basically what he's saying is uh, that people who watch live stream could, you know sometimes when it buffers, well, some guys sent him a tape. And again, this was sent from this brother who's in the Silicon Valley, these points here. But he, he stops, and J.D. stops at this point, and he said, I got um, um, one of our messages, like we would have one of our messages here, sent to J.D. He says, I want you to watch it. And it was edited. And what was edited out is some... It, it was times when it was buffering that they had the technology to edit that out as it goes out live stream. And so uh, basically there's evidence itself that he's holding in his hand, he's got a CD, he says, we got the message here at the church in its complete form, and here's a guy from Florida that's sending me, and it's completely different. It's not different, but it's edited out. So this one here is the ability to interrupt and extract programming buffering. That's the technology that's there today. Number five is nothing simply short of saying chemical warfare. Number six, limited travel. He's in Hawaii, he's got a sister who lives in LA, and she says she couldn't believe it, trying to get on the plane. There's two different lines that you had to go through. Those that took the jab and those that did not. And that's just one step away of uh, mandating it, where you will not be able um, to fly or travel from state to state if you're not vaccinated. Limited travel, that's already true. Um, Could go to Israel right now if I wanted to. They got it locked down. The people from the Department of Homeland Security, number seven, asked this man to bid on this one, population reduction uh, tracking people dead or alive. Now years ago, the first I ever heard it was Mary gave an update on RFID. And that is the ability if you, that you can, it's a tracking device. You can track anything, anyone, anybody. And so this guy had the Silicon Valley the Department of Homeland Security asks them, would you bid on this particular one? This is what 
what we want you to bid on. And asked this man to bid on this one, the population reduction and tracking people, and then it says dead or alive. And um, of course, they respectfully declined. Um, Number eight, nuclear and chemical personnel radiation detectors. Why would you need radiation detectors? Well, use your common sense on that one. Um, Number nine, poisoning the air, land, sea, and air. This is an ongoing project. It's already taking place. Number 10, like nine, um, being able to transmit the virus um, through the air and other means. 11, another virus. This last one here, need for more boosters. Um, Low-cost trackers in case of mass casualties. That's what the Department of Homeland Security is doing right now. Um, Of course, Silicon Valley man declined. J.D. wrote back an email and said, thank you very much for sending me this. I have a question. And his question was, do they have a timeline for implementing these things? And the first thing he said is it's already implemented, but then he gave specific dates. And it's in six different phases. Phase one is to be January 21st, 2021. In other words, three weeks from today. Phase two, that's what, that's what it said. <laughs> You're gonna write it on your check. You just wait when you pay your bills next Monday. And then you remember back getting on my case for that. Okay, when you're writing your check and you put 2021, just remember, all right, you're right. Phase two, March 22nd, 2022. Phase three, April 20th, 2022. Phase four, May 2nd through July 8th. Phase five, August 1st, 2022. Phase six, the final one, September 1st deployment. Please check it out for yourself. I strongly encourage you to... um, um, get his Christmas prophecy update. So that's one that I want to bring up. There's only one more that I want to bring up that um, is breaking, and it has to do with a scientist from Harvard named Charles Lieber. And um, Fox News has reported on this, and I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs to show you um, what is what I believe is really going on. The quick summary and the story of that Harvard scientist, Dr. Charles Lieber, was convicted yesterday on all six counts. Our own government convicted the scientist after lying to authorities about receiving millions of dollars from communist China as he shared his groundbreaking technology with Wan Technology Institute. Also arrested were two Chinese nationalists, one was a female academic, who was also a lieutenant in the People's Liberation Army, and the other person caught trying to smuggle biological weapons out of of Boston Logan Airport, MERS and SARS strains. Dr. Lieber 
is a genius level scientist who specializes, catch this, in exotic nanowire technology and how it interfaces with human neurology and biology. Some of his actual patents and titles. Now what I just mentioned, and the reason it holds with me is you can check this out for yourself. I have the patent numbers right in front of me. They either exist or they don't. He has a patent for a controlled synthesis of monothelistical integrated, (laughs) these are big uh, words, uh, structures. He's got a patent on that. He's got another patent, uh, 10,369-255. It's called Scaffold Compromising Nanoelectronic Components for Cells, Tissues, and Other Applications. Third patent, nanoscale wires, nanoscale wire FET devices, and nanotube electronic hybrid devices for sensing and other applications. The fourth patent he has is scaffolding comprising nanoelectronic components for cells, tissues, and other applications. The last patent that he has many, but this will be the last one. Uh, apparatus, method, and computer programming produce providing um, radical addressing of nanowires. And these are all working with the Chinese government. According to the documents, now remember, he's been convicted by our own government and he's going to jail uh, for what I just read to you. According to the court documents, since 2008, Dr. Lieber, who has served as the principal investigator of the Lieber Research Group at Harvard University, which specialized in the area of nanoscience, has received more than $15 million in grant funds from the National Institute of Health and the Department of Defense, the DOD. These grants require the disclosure of significant significant foreign financial conflicts of interest, including financial support from foreign governments or foreign entities. Unknowns to the Harvard University beginning in 2011, Lieber began a strategic, um, a strategic scientist at one university of technology in China and was um, contracted a participant in China's thousand talent plans from about 2012 to 2017. China's thousand talent plans is for one of the most Chinese talented recruit plans that are designed to attract, uh, recruit, and cultivate high level scientists talented in um, furtherance of Chinese science development economic prosperity, and national security. I have much more that I can read on this, but the bottom line is simply getting back to the question, um, why are people dying? And is, is it the COVID or is it in the jab? And um, um, I leave no room for question in my own mind here. The COVID-19 
is a bad case of the cold or bad flu. Yes, it's real, and people can get very, very sick from it. And people have died from it. But people die from the flu. And people, that happens on a regular basis. And uh, we're getting mandated, overwhelmed every night that you have to take this. And um, talking about causing division, probably a good place to bring up a scripture that Jesus said, don't think that I've come to bring peace. I haven't. I've come to bring the division. He's going to tell the truth about who he is. Well, you narrow-minded, bigoted Christian, you're telling us that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Yep, I'm sorry I can't compromise on that one. That's what the word of God says. That's what I believe because that's what I believe. And I, I will not and I won't compromise on that. I also will not compromise by telling um, what, what I know. Why do you do this, Dwight? Don't you know it's New Year's Eve and we want a happy New Year's Eve? Not, not the kind that you're talking about. <laughs> uh, and we're looking ahead at 2022 and why are are scientists in the Silicon Valley being contacted by uh, the DOC and want instruments to detect mass casualties? Go ahead, I know it's hard to take in, but it is what it is. And so I wanted to get um, that, but it's not only being reported from this article that I'm reading here, but I'll hold up and just show you a picture that is also being reported by Fox News. And the article, the headline says, um, professor charged with lying about China tests in court. And this is actually been reported on TV. Dr. Lieberman, chair of the Department of Chemistry and Chemical Biology at Harvard University, was recently convicted on multiple accounts, including about lying payments from the Chinese government. His conviction should serve as a wake-up call to U.S. scientists, universities, and research institutes. Dwight, what does that have to do with anything? Well, go back to Matthew 24. It's under the category of pestilences. There's never been a pestilence like what we've seen in 2021. It's kind of a strange place to ask for an amen, but an amen would be in agreement with what I just said. Amen? Amen? All right, so this would be one of the signs. We've never seen anything like it before, and um, there are ways you can do your own homework to verify what I talked about with Dr. Lieberman and our friends out in um, Silicon Valley. Earthquakes are on increase. I'm not gonna, I could, talk about that. You can Google that for yourself in various places. And then it says, and all these things are the beginning of sorrows. I went out to Tim Erickson's house yesterday, pick up some firewood. I got to the corner of Badger in 96 in Wisconsin there. There's a sign up there, great big sign. And it's a guy with his head down, his leg crossed. Um, And um, it said something like this. This man needs your help right now. They're running this commercial. It's driving me crazy over and over again about people 
twitching and saying, how am I going to talk to my friend? I know they're, I screwed up right now, and then how do I talk about it? And it is. There's a lot of people that are holding a lot of stuff inside, and it's starting to get to them. Judy and I were driving to church this morning. They're actually bringing up a debate right now that they slammed down um, with um, euthanasia, legalizing it in America. That was other news coming here. Why? Because of what people are going through right now. And um, they said it'll never pass and so on and so forth. But just the fact that they brought it up, every person sitting here knows somebody that's going through it. And you go, how can you talk to him about it? As far as J.D.'s concerned, he said he's never seen more people get saved in his entire ministry because of what's happening right now. And because he puts it in, a, in the view of a biblical perspective, when you read pestilences and show some of the, the data that's going along with it, the wars, the rumors of wars, the deception, you go, either you see it or you don't. And there's a lot of people that are open right now for the first time. They know something's coming down. They know something isn't right. They just don't know what it is. Well, I've been, we've been preaching here for 40 years that there's gonna be a one world government, a one world religion, and a one world economic system. We are gonna have a financial crash. It's gonna happen. Get ready for it. I personally don't think we're gonna be here when a lot of this unfolds, but we're gonna see these things ahead of time. And by, by saying that, um, people, um, I had a gal just stop me um, coming in this morning. She said uh, um, her sister needs an exemption because if she doesn't get an exemption, um, she won't be able to keep her job. They give you an ultimatum. You get the vaccine or you don't get a job. Is that, is that clear? And that's the pressure that's being put on people, people today. So having said that, I want you to, I mentioned earlier, I won't get into it because my time's getting away from me here, but on Stand Up For The Truth, this last week there was a program and because um, David, who is, does the interview on this, uh, called this man by name, I will do the same. But instead of getting into all the details of what it's about, I would just ask you to watch the program. You, you can watch the podcast. The father's name is Scott Shera. His wife's name is Cindy. And they lost their daughter to COVID at Sainese in October. Uh, he had a much worse case of COVID earlier in the year and was treated in a hospital, a private hospital, uh, in Green Bay. And they came in one day to give him his meds and the guy said, I want to know what you're giving me. And the nurse said, well, this is vitamin D, this is, this is zinc, this is fish oil. And they said, that's what it is? Great, I'll take it. And he got better and uh, he's home. His daughter Grace is 19 years old. Um, St. E's, is not a private hospital. It's owned by a large organization. Uh, You'll have to listen to the story yourself, but when she was begging for help, um, with 30 nurses standing outside, nobody coming in, 
and they go on a program, and what blew my mind is they had an armed guard person standing in front of the door. Question is, why? The meds, you can go online, and it's in, again, this is, all you have to do is go to Stand Up For The Truth, view the program, two segments, and I listened to it, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing, because it tells you the medication that was given to her, and she didn't make it. So please, uh, I can't get into it more than that. It's a lengthy story, but um, it's Stand Up For The Truth. It's this last week, and um, uh, the gal's name is, was, was Grace. All right, we will begin to close this morning. Remember I said begin. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I won't even get into what compensation is being given to hospital, hospitals and doctors if they mark cause of death as being COVID. That's a, some research you could do on your own. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Why, why would you give a Bible study like that on a Sunday morning on uh, New, New Year's, looking back and looking ahead and throwing all this stuff out there? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Paul said to the Thessalonians, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. What's going on right now? What is Paul saying? You should know. And it should be talked about. Um, For you yourself know perfectly well that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. We're talking about entering into the seven-year period of time. What was the disciples' question? Lord, when? Well, if I can't give you the when in the time frame, and seeing the writing on the wall um, because of what has happened this last year. There's never been a year like it. And I can't stand up and pretend that, uh, that we had an average year last year. No. And it'll never be the same again. And verse 8 says, these are the beginnings of happy days. Huh? No, these are the beginning of sorrows. And I think the guys behind the pulpit, they need to get get back to the prophetic issues and how they pertain to what's happening in our life right now because they're happening. Deception, wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. That's just the beginning. Then they will say peace and safety. Oh, everything's gonna go back to normal. That's what they're telling you on TV. As long as you keep getting jabbed, we'll get there eventually, just around the corner. No, it's not. Then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains, notice, upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. In other words, when it begins, and I believe it's just begun, they're going to be more severe, like contractions, and they're going to be closer together. But you, brethren, okay, now, again, this is why I'm doing it, if you're wondering why I'm giving this study. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that day should overtake you as a thief. We see what's going on from a biblical perspective. You are sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch. Watch for what? Oh, do, do your own study on the wars that are taking place, the rumors of wars right now. 
and be watching and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet and the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath. What is the great tribulation? The wrath of the Lamb. He has not appointed you to that. And that's why I can end this on a positive note. Because we have hope. God's word, he cannot lie. And he said that we're not appointed to this period of time. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore what? Comfort. After a Bible study like this morning? Yeah. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you have one hope and only one hope. And that is you will live forever. And by the way, everybody's gonna die sooner or later. But in reality, nobody dies. Every person has a spirit and every person has a soul and they are eternal. And they will either spend eternity in heaven or they will spend eternity in hell. And that's just telling it like it is. Good place for an amen. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you're also doing. Please don't be afraid to talk about these issues with your family and friends. Turn to um, Psalm 56. I lied. This is a closing verse. Your happy new year. Psalm 56, verses one through 11. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me almost high. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I will put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? All day they twist my words and their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together, they hide, they mark my steps while they lay in wait for my life. Shall they escape by iniquity? In anger cast down the peoples, O God. This is what I want to close with. You remember my wanderings. You put my tears in your bottle Are they not written in your book? The Bible says he counts the hair on your head. Do you know I take that literally? I also take it literally that it's a lot easier for God to count some people than other people. (laughs) Yes, Tom, I'm looking at you. (laughs) Well, if that's true, one of the favorite tourist gifts that we buy in Israel, I have one that was going to break, but it's bring this morning but it's um, very delicate it's made out of alabaster and it's it's called a tear bottle and it's meant to catch the tears and they take it from his first right here and um, I have several are they not written in your book what is he saying I know every difficulty that you go through every sorrow and heartache every tear and I'm counting them don't think that I don't care But the God of this world, the Lord has not yet come back and established his kingdom. And the question that the disciples asked, when is all this gonna happen? 
what are the signs going to be? Well, you, you have a free will. You can make up your own mind. Either you see these things happening in the world we live today or you don't. It's really that simple. If you don't, you can just blow it all off. If you do, maybe we should get a little bit more serious with our, our family and friends who aren't ready or prepared that are really going through it. But as for you, I go through it. I get up and I, I, I see the news that drives me crazy because they're lying through their teeth about the need for you getting this jab and what's really, really behind it. But know this, God has, God's got it all written down. Vengeance is who? It's the Lord's. He's going to repay. No, none of these guys are going to get away with anything. And with that, Happy New Year. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, how dare you after that study. Let's stand and we'll pray. Lord, the disciples' questions that they ask you and the way you responded to them applies more for us than it does for them. And um, we know that in the last days, your words said it would, there would be perilous times and that they would be the beginning of sorrows. I thank you for the psalm this morning, Lord, where the psalmist talked about his times of distress and discouragement and knowing that it's natural even for a believer to have tough days and hard times. But through it all, Lord, um, you've told us that we are to know the signs of the times. We are to talk about them so that we can comfort one another with these words. We thank you for the Bible, uh, that you tell us the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and help us emulate and um, have this mind also. Thank you for your word this morning. We pray for the coming new year. We pray for our ongoing series, chapter by chapter, as we will once again begin 2 Corinthians. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.